see and like, yeah. this is crazy. This is not easy work. It's not. It's incredible. Okay. They, uh, so, we just completed chapter 7 of Melachim, which means we completed the, all the stories of construction. Now, as we said last time, the stories of construction between the house, uh, the, the Beit HaMikdash and Shilomo's personal residence are intertwined. We, as we said, the, the kind of, the breakdown is that first we have the work with stone, which is the foundation and the, the, the superstructure, not the superstructure, the, the basic structure of the Beit HaMikdash. And then Hashem interjects and says, by the way, if you want this house to remain, you're going to have to be good. And we said the whole Devar Torah on that. And then we went to the woodwork, right, which was the, the like, the modern, the, what we call today sheetrock or the paneling of the stone so that you could then overlay that with a lot of gold and other metals, okay? And then, we inter- after the wood, we interrupted with Shilomo's construction projects, his personal construction projects, which consisted of his summer home or his forest home, the house of judgment, which was connected to his, anti- to, uh, to his own residence, and then the house of Bat Paro. And then we went back to the other things in the Mikdash, like the things that were with copper, that was led by Khiram from Tzor, but not the king of Tzor, because there are two Khirams from Tzor. And then we had the gold items, right? That was the order of the construction of the Beit HaMikdash, and we completed all of those items in, at the end of chapter 7. Okay, so now that we've completed the construction of the Beit HaMikdash, what's going to be the next natural step? Ironically, it's very connected to our parasha parasha this week, or at least the parasha we read today, okay? We're going to have to inaugurate the Beit HaMikdash. So chapter 8 is going to be the inauguration of the Beit HaMikdash by Shilomo. Uh, The inauguration, let me actually find you the summary, so that we... uh, Here we go. So the inauguration is going to be... Second... The inauguration is going to be with the following structure. First, it's going to, there's going to be like a narrative describing the bringing in of all of the items. Now, what items are there to bring into the Beit HaMikdash, thinking logically? What's not in the Beit HaMikdash right now? The physical Mishkan and the Beit We know the physical Aron, okay. where the Luchot are, is not there. It's not in the Beit HaMikdash. And then we have all the utensils that were used in the Mishkan, which... At various times, at some point, was in Shiloh. But it's in Yerushalayim, since the brought it to Yerushalayim, right? The Aron is in is in Ir David, okay. Yerushalayim, uh-huh. not in the Beit Hamikdash yet. Uh-huh. But the Mishkan is in what Gilgal or something? Oh, it's still in Gilgal. It's it's in uh, it's it's definitely not it's definitely not in in Yerushalayim. Okay, I will look in the the Radak okay. will explain okay. where it is. Okay. Um, so first is like the narrative that describes bringing in all of the items. Then Shilomo is going to bless the people of Israel. Then he's going to make a special prayer. And then he's going to bless the people of Israel again. So it's going to be a blessing, prayer, blessing. Then there's going to be the, the narrative describing the ceremony and then the people leaving the ceremony. Okay, so that's the whole, the whole ceremony. Um, Alex Israel does a very good job 
explaining how this ceremony is going to have comparisons to two other ceremonies in the history of Am Yisrael. The first ceremony that's going to match is going to be the ceremony of the inauguration of the Mishkan, obviously. Yeah. And he's, he does a lot of parallels. It's very interesting to look at the parallels between the inauguration of the Bet HaMikdash and the inauguration of the Mishkan. Inauguration of the Mishkan happens in two places in the Torah, once at the end of Sefer Shemot and once at early parts of Sefer Vaikra, like Parashat Shemini, is the conclusion of the, the inauguration ceremony of the, of the Mishkan. Okay, so you could look to those pieces at the end of Parashat Pekudeh and at the end of Parashat um, uh, Tzav and Shemini, and you could see some comparisons between that and this, and then also, obviously, because, as we know, the Mishkan had a lot of parallels to the events at Har Sinai, that's also another parallel to our experience here, where all of the people of Israel gather together, and we're going to see that it's very rare to have all of Am Yisrael together in one place, and that's going to happen uh, here as well, just like it happened at Har Sinai, okay? So let's read some Sukim, and I want to address a few um, review topics also. As Yakel Shalomo at Zikne Israel, then Shalomo gathered the elders of Israel at Kol Rasheha Matot, all of the leaders of the tribes, Nesieha Avot, the princes of the households, Livne Israel, or to Israel, and Amelach Shalomo Yerushalayim, he gathered them to Shalomo in Yerushalayim, Lehaalot et Aron Berit Adonami Ayer David Hitzion. To bring up the Aaron of the covenant of Hashem from the city of David, which is Zion. Okay, let's quickly review all of the stops that had that we have seen with the Aaron. Okay, where was the Aaron originally? Let's go back to the times of early book of Shemuel. The Aaron started in the house of in the Mishkan that was in the area of Shiloh. That was governed by Eli and his sons Chofni and Pinachas. Chofni and Pinachas were turned out to be uh, a corrupt Kohanim. And Bnei Israel were punished with the fact that the Pilishtim conquered Shiloh, or at least they defeated the Jews in battle, and they took the Aaron to their own place from Shiloh. Okay, so the Aaron started in Shiloh, then it, then it went to the lands of the Pilishtim. After it was in the lands of the Pilishtim, it got moved around within the cities of the Pilishtim two, two times. First, it started in city one, went to the second city, the third city, because any city that would receive it would get plagued, had, had some issues or whatever, okay, because the Aaron was a holy thing and the Pilishtim were not, let's say, deserving of holding on to it. So the Pilishtim let go of the Aaron, <coughs> and they let go of the Aaron, and the Aaron ended up in a place called... I think Bet Shemesh, right? Okay, let's make sure we're getting the history right. The Aaron ended up in the place called... Here. Uh, first, the Philistines took the, took the Ark, and on the same day, the sons of Eli died. The Philistines took the Ark and brought to Ashdod, then to Gat, and to Ekron. All three Philistine towns, the Ark remained a total of seven months in the lands of the Philistine. And then the hand of the Lord dealt heavily with the Philistines. They returned the ark to the Lord of Israel, to the town of Beit Shemesh. Okay. Then the people of Beit Shemesh looked at the ark when they weren't supposed to. They did not treat it with utmost respect. And 50,000 people died. Okay. That was an underrated plague that we mentioned at the beginning of the book of Samuel. Okay. Then the people of Beit Shemesh sent messengers to the inhabitants of Kiryat Yarim. Kiryat Yarim is in the airy tribe of Yehuda's territory. Okay, they took it to Kiryat Yarim, uh, and it was taken to the house of Abinadav. 
Abinadav, where he was able to handle the, the ark. Then, um, they, at some point, they brought the ark to the battleground. But the next real move from the house of Abinadav in Kiryat Yarim was when David brought the ark to Jerusalem. But that, that also had its problems, because the first time they brought it to Yushalayim, Uzzah, one of the people that was carrying the Aron, or that was not supposed to carry the Aron, touched the Aron, and uh, he, was, he, he was put to death. Okay? So then, he, David, instead of bringing it into the, into the Ir David, into the city of David, he gave it to a person called Oved Edom. That was called from, from, God, from Giti, who seems to be like a Jew who lived in a Pelishi town. Okay? And the Ark remained there for some time. So the Aaron, last we know, is, last we saw it, was in the house of this man called Oved Edom. And it never made it, I mean, and, and this was in probably Yerushalayim area. Okay? But it, it never made it into its final resting place. And that's just where we took it. And then, oh, wait, wait there's, one more, there's one more step that they, that they didn't say here. Um, after that, they saw that the house of Obed Edom was blessed. So they said, oh, God had forgiven us. Then they had a final procession and brought it into Ir David, into a tent structure. Okay, so that's where the Aron is. The Aron is in the city of David, in some kind of tent structure, in some temporary tent structure. Which is very close to... Which is very close very to the thing. Close. However, the Mishkan and all the old vessels are still somewhere else. I have to look in Radak to see where it was exactly, okay? So now back to our story. They gathered to the king Shalomo, all the people of Israel, in the month of Etanim Behag, who are Chodesh Shavii. Okay, so we know we have to work backwards because we know Chodesh Shavii, counting from Nisan, would be the month of Tishrei, right? Nisan, Yar, Sivan, Tammuz, Av, Elul, Tishrei. Okay, if you get you get to seven, you get to uh, Tishrei. We know Bechag is the holiday. What's the main holiday of the year? The main holiday of the year in the Jewish tradition is Sukkot. Okay? So Chag, when it says generally Chag, it's referring to Sukkot. Yeracha Etanim was like, let's say, the, maybe a Jewish name for the month of Tishrei, for the, month, for the seventh month. That's uh, the month of strength. That's what Etanim means. And there are various interpretations why it's called Yeracha Etanim. Some say it's because there are a lot of mitzvot on this month. Because there are a lot of holidays on this month. You have Shana, Kippur, Sukkot. And Sukkot is flooded with uh, mitzvot and so on. Some say Etanim is because... When the crops grow. Okay, it's when people would bring in their fruits, which was a month of, of, uh, of, of health and growth of the produce. So that's the strength of the month. Some say there was a month when a lot of people, some of the Avot were born. I guess it, the claim is the Avot were born in Tishrei. Okay, so there are a lot of interpretations why it's called the strong month. Okay? All the people of Israel came, the elders of Israel came, and the Kohanim carried the Aaron. And they brought the Aaron and the Ohel Moed. Ohel Moed would be the Mishkan structure. And all of the Kilea Kodesh, all of the tools that were used in the Mikdash, in the Mishkan as well. That were in the Ohel Moed. The Kohanim and the Levim brought them. Let's see. What did I want to read? Ohel Moed Ohel Moed Mi Giv'on. Ah, he says that the Ohel Moed was in Giv'on. Kisham Haya. 
That's where the the oil moed was. So it's not. It wasn't in Gilgal. It was in Givon. Gilgal is the first stop of Bnei Israel in Yoshua. Givon is where the oil moed was. I don't. I don't know the last place we were told about where the oil moed was, but apparently, according to Radak, it was in Givon. Okay. Good. Next. Uh, so they brought the Aaron and they brought the Mishkan and all the Kelim. Aaron coming from Ir David, which was pretty much attached to, it's pretty much right south of the Temple Mount. Okay, so that was on a long walk. Him. You could visit him. Um, and then it's, it's a majority Arab, that's the problem. It's not like the easiest. Uh, it's an easy visit because it's a tourist area, but it's like it's unfortunate that such a historical city is mostly Arab. All of our sites are Arab. Yeah, that's okay. That's true. <laughs> and the King Shlomo and all of the assembly of Israel that were there with him before the Aaron, they were offering tzon uvakar sheep and cattle. You cannot even count from how many korbanot they did on that day. And the Kohanim brought the Aaron of covenant with Hashem to its place in the Devir Habayit, the Devir we said is the Kodesh HaKodashim of the Beit HaMikdash, to the Kodesh HaKodashim under the Kanfei HaKeruvim. What does it mean that they brought it under the, the wings of the Keruvim? Shalomo had his own Keruvim, remember? Yes, yes. So even though Extra attached close. to the Aaron already is Keruvim, when they're bringing it into the Beit HaMikdash, they're bringing it under the Keruvim that Shalomo made. Okay? For the Keruvim had outstretched wings over the place of the Aaron. And the Keruvim, they covered over the Aaron and over its, its beams that was held from, from on top. Okay, now we're very interested in about the beams, the beams that they held the Aaron with. And they, the, the beams were stretched out And they appeared The heads of the beams You could see them from the Kodesh side On coming out from the Devir But they were not visible And they were there until this day Well, uh, well let me explain what this Pasuk means Before we start for the day um, it's very similar to what was the case in the Mishkan. What, what happened with the Aaron is that the Aaron had beams that were, that were used for the Kwanim to hold it, right? Now, when the Aaron was placed in the Mishkan, what they did is that the cover of the Kodesh Kodashim, or the, the divider between the Kodesh Kodashim and the Kodesh, was just a curtain, right? Called a parochet. They, what they did is that they pulled the beams so that it poked the curtains of the parochet, not that it would be visible, but it poked the, the, the curtains of the parochet so you could see the beams of Aaron pushing the curtain out a little. One minute. From like a little, like a little, a little part where it was just pushing the curtains out. So now they bring the Aaron into the Kodesh HaKodeshim or into the Devir of the Beit HaMikdash, they did the same thing. In this case, they pulled out the beams so that it was all favoring the front side until it, would, it touched, I guess, the curtain that was blocking the divide. Even though I'm not even sure if it was a curtain, but it touched that area so that it poked out a little bit. You wouldn't see the actual aron or the beams, but you would see that it's protruding. Purpose of that is... I don't know. Okay. I don't, I don't know, but I know it's, it's the, the way it was done in the Mishkan as well. Uh, and that's the way the aron was, was done. 
And they say it was, one of the opinions says that it was because the, the Kohen needed to know where he could walk into. So he would walk only between the poles so he would stay within his lane. Something like that. So that could be the reason. Makes sense. Yeah. All right. Baruch Amen. Amen.